0: Welcome to another, another Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck with the Original. I'm your host, Casper. Got it. And I'm your other host, Becky Greenland. <laughs> Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because Wednesdays are for podcast. I want to suck your blood. Vont. Vont. You have to say vont. You yes, can't say I want. Vaunt. If you say I want to suck your blood, no. you just sound like an idiot. It's not effective. <laughs> I, want su- I want to suck. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> No. I bought to suck your blood. Yes. Okay, maybe.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay.
0: When and where? <laughs> Lord Jesus. So,
1: if you guys haven't guessed already or paid any attention, vampires. We're talking about vampires. And tonight. we actually are. <laughs>
0: A lot of people probably won't get what that's from, because I feel like a lot of our listeners have either seen only the first Twilight, or don't give a shit, and know that that's actually from Twilight. We're not talking about Twilight. Oh, yes. Uh, These vampires... that is one
1: thing that we can promise everybody about this episode. (laughs) This will not be a Twilight episode. It will be briefly mentioned, and that's about it. That's Uh, about it. uh, Yep, it was mentioned.
0: Moving on. So, vampires... You know that are actually actual vampires. Actually, actual, actually, act, act, actually. Guys, we're in a mood. We've we've been we've been talking about celebrity lookalikes and fucking. I don't know what else. It's literally mood. a whole mood. Just a whole mood. Celebrity lookalikes are a whole mood. Just a whole mood in it. So. Oh, um, I do want to mention this, because we were just talking about it, but if y'all I think it's actually to this week that the Babysitter sequel is coming out. Um, If you guys didn't know that, if you haven't seen the first one, go watch the first one immediately, because it's fucking great. But Samara Weaving is not in the second one, and I'm bothered by that. And we were talking about Samara Weaving, and then we were talking about Margot Robbie. A glitch in the Matrix, mm-hmm. because Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving and uh, Jamie Presley and that chick I showed you from sex education and yeah So anyway, <laughs> yeah, we
1: just we just kind of had a thing. And they say white people don't look like
0: Karen Knightley and Natalie Portman.
1: Y'all look like
0: Katie Featherston, Emily Blunt, Katie Perry, and Zoe Deschanel. We
1: uh I'm <laughs> sure there's so many memes that have gone around about not just them but like what was it uh white guys there was one where it was like Timothy Chalamet, Finn Wolfhard, oh my god. And then a couple other ones and I was like uh they the guy all from 13 like, Reasons Why yeah, they literally all look like <laughs> the same copy or, like, different copies of the different same fonts. kids. Yeah, different fonts. That's what it was. That's what it was. And I was like, I can't unsee this. Carrie Underwood and Emily
0: Osment, which is something that I said a long Weird. time ago. Weird. <laughs> I was like, she looks like Carrie Underwood. No one listened to me. And Y'all look like happened. a lot like. And they have the same exact birthday. I barely know that.
1: Didn't want to. Because...
0: <laughs> the more
1: you know... <laughs> so that obviously has nothing to do with vampires, but if you guys aren't used to us by now, you know this is just kind of what we do.
0: Um well now you have a bunch kind of, of f- how we roll. Also, if you didn't think about any of those people looking alike, now you're googling all those people and now you're it's like in holy your shit. Now it's
1: there. You're welcome. It's like it's it's in there. We put that earwig. You're
0: welcome. All right guys, so
1: we're going to start talking about some vampires oh really quickly guys since it hasn't been what has it been, like a week maybe that we have now been on iTunes and Google Podcasts? A little over a week. A little over a week. So if we have any new listeners from there, welcome and thank you for coming. We appreciate it. Some more you This is pretty much what we do. This is um, what we do. If you haven't started from the beginning, Becky Grimlin. And this is Casper. Hi. And, uh, yeah, we talk about all the spoopy stuffs. We do. Every Wednesday. And actually, I would suggest listening to our back catalog so you kind of get a feel for us and there's references that we make to other stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes (laughs) that you guys will hear and totally won't get. So it's probably a good idea to go back and check those early episodes.
0: Um... But thank you. for the review what, and all that good stuff. I literally forgot you. what I was going to say. My I'm brain. I'm sorry. Your brain stopped. Just went. Anyway, okay. So if it if it comes, I'll bring it up later. <clears throat> I just wanted to do that real quick because I just I was. Just What's thinking, really funny like, is someone oh, I work cool. with. He subscribed to us on iTunes, and he's like, "I started listening to your first episode," and I said, "Oh man, we've come so far. We've come so far since that first episode." And he yes. was like. Oh I I'm sure he's like but you know I got to I got to start at the beginning. He goes I'm listening to you guys introduce yourselves and he goes the he said I love listening to you talk about how much you love this shit. He's like I didn't realize how much you loved this shit. And I was like sir I can tell you a whole bunch of kinds of useless information about serial killers, horror movies, cryptids, you name it I got you. <laughs> I mean that was
1: the start of everything between us, pretty much. I mean, like our friendship, and it just naturally spawned into this podcast because both of us have just been a plethora of useless horror, true crime, <laughs> paranormal information for so long that it's like this needs to be put somewhere. <laughs> and
0: let's 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 here give the people. It is. Let's let the people hear what, what we the have to say. Hear it. Let's give the people what they want. But I've heard so, so many people say. Number one, they love how laid back we are. Like, we we don't really yeah. have... We have a structure, but we don't. Yeah. And they love how we hit so many different subjects. Because I've heard people say, I don't like true crime, but I like movies. Or right. I only like true crime. Or I only like paranormal stuff. And I'm like, we have everything of that. So
1: there may be some... Yeah, that's why I... I liked the concept of doing it that way because I knew that not everybody was going to like the same things. So, um, you know, some of you might only listen to our paranormal stuff and nothing else. Some of you may only listen to the true crime episodes and nothing else. And that's, that's perfectly fine. I think that's great. I think it's great to have a podcast where you can bring variety so you can literally get, a whole menagerie of fans, all different ones. So
0: thank you and welcome. Thank you, everyone. The more you know. So a vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence. Also, if you're new, I'm just going to straight up tell you right now, I can't read. (laughs) And I stumble over words a lot. So sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. Is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence, generally in the form of blood. I'm sorry. I really like how they put this. I know. <laughs> vital essence, generally blood, of the living. In European folklore, vampires are undead creatures that often visited loved ones and caused mischiefs or deaths in the neighborhoods they inhabited while they were alive. They wore shrouds and were often described as bloated and of rubby... Rubby ruddy ruddy or dark countenance markedly different from today's gaunt pale vampire which dates from the early 19th century well
1: it's sort of like we talked about earlier with uh, in one podcast that we did about leprechauns how leprechaun lore changed so much from the original irish uh folklore of them being these these just horrible looking goblin mm-hmm. Uh, troll looking creatures to now modern day you say leprechaun you're thinking oh lucky charms like (laughs) it's so night and day so it's very much the same thing with vampires they were these shrouded one-eyed gaunt bloated long fingernails blood dripping from their mouth just horribly grotesque creatures and that goes back into folklore 14, 15, 1600, seven, you know, centuries, centuries ago. Now, they're beautiful, glittery, you know, like the bullshit. They're actually kind of sexualized. The bullshit vampires we have now. Well, and we'll go more into right. that, but that was Bram Stoker. I mean, once you once the lore of vampires got commercialized that's when the sexual overtone of vampires appeared and then of course that just became more i mean come on you know a hot guy wanting to like bite your neck or like you know i mean it's like (laughs) oh my god like please you know and i mean the whole like stay young and beautiful forever and travel the world and all it 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 makes it look more fantastical and otherworldly but originally that's not they I were know. these horrible demonic looking creatures so yeah that just I mean, still, I wanted to say I'd that still, that's just right I don't probably I still probably still, do it you know probably give it give it a shot give it a chance <laughs>
0: um so vampiric entities have been recorded in most cultures and the term was popularized in Western Europe after reports of an 18th century mass hysteria of pre existing folk belief in the Balkans and Eastern Europe that in some cases resulted in corpses being stalked and people being accused of vampirism. Local variants in Eastern Europe were also known by different names, such as Shatriga in Al- Albania, Holy Lord, Vrykolakas in Greece. And Strigoi in Romanius. I told you Greek is like. Strigoi uh, sounds like a type of pasta.
1: I. It. It's making me think about stromboli right now, and I want stromboli <laughs> so fucking. You're bad. like. I have not had a good stromboli. Look, listen, y'all. <laughs> I
0: want <love> fucking stromboli. <laughs> this bitch about to make stromboli she tomorrow. <laughs> I'm straight up. Tomorrow I'm going to be texting Ca- Casper. Guess what I'm having for dinner? Stromboli? I'm going and then I'm gonna be like Strigoi. <laughs> Strigoi. <"Strick-o-y." laughs> yeah boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> hey demons, it's me Strigoi. <laughs> oh no. Oh, we just got another shirt. We need. Uh, we need a fucking notebook to write this shit happening. down. This is amazing. Hey demons, it's me Strigoi. Oh my god. In modern Marv time. Our vampires episode. I love it. <laughs> In modern. I almost said in modern vampires. In modern times, the vampire is generally held to be a fictitious entity, although belief in similar vampiric creatures such as the chupacabra still persists in some cultures. Early folk belief in vampires has sometimes been ascribed to the ignorance of the body's process of decomposition after death and how people in pre-industrial societies tried to rationalize this, creating the figure of the vampire to explain the mysteries of death. Is it Porphyra? It's Porphyria. Porphyria. Yeah. Was linked with legends of vampirism in 1985 and received much media exposure, but since has been largely discredited. So the best way that I can
1: explain Porphyria for listeners out there is if any of you have seen the, uh, gothic horror film starring Nicole Kidman called The Others, where, uh, her children, uh, are essentially quote unquote, allergic to sunlight, that is what porphyria is. Um, It's people who basically produce, it's an over, I thought it was like an over, they produce an overabundance of vitamin D, but I think it's actually, I don't think it's vitamin. No, it's not vitamin D. That's what I originally thought it was, but it's actually a mutation in one's genes. Uh, that it's some that makes the um, uh your uh, the word the, your like hemoglobin in your blood like essentially what holds your blood together. There's a mutation in your hemoglobin, so that's what causes your blood, the oxygen in your blood, and your bloodstream. So when there's a mutation in your hemoglobin, it's uh essentially the functions. <clears throat> of sunlight and various other things it causes the skin to blister but you have like abdominal pain vomiting seizure I mean there's like a whole variety of different symptoms that people get um the way it actually got its name is the root word means purple so the way that people would actually know that they would have it is if their urine was left set for longer than 24 hours it would turn purple that's how that's how you know you have porphyria I've
0: actually seen it First of all, why are you leaving your pee sitting for 24 hours? If you uh, if you have to give a urine sample, so <coughs> Excuse me. if
1: you have onset symptoms of oh, porphyria okay. and you believe you have it, the first thing your practitioner is going to do is make you leave a urine sample. <laughs> Bitch,
0: I'm over They're here not... like what, you just leave it in your pee in the toilet for 24 fucking yep. hours? You come back. Just, fuck, it's purple! <laughs> well, god damn. They said if it's yellow, ye- let it mellow, but if it's purple, what the fuck am I supposed if it's What's yellow, you, then you're mellow. If it's purple, then well, derple. Well will have. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll have. <hi.
1: laughs> but yeah, that's how people would find out that they, that they would have it. So unfortunately, even though there's a million, not everybody that has porphyria has that allergy to the sunlight. They usually have any of the other symptoms, but it's unfortunate that that particular symptom somehow got linked to uh vampirism and we'll go into it too there was a doctor too that had this weird thing that because he thought it was a mutation in hemoglobin that people that had it needed to actually drink blood to get better and obviously that's not the fucking case i mean oh, like we not? said like we said it was literally until 1985 that they realized that that's not <laughs>
0: what it was you're not supposed to drink blood to help. You're not. It doesn't oh, shit. work. I gotta change my drinking habits. I'm so
1: sorry if I just I just fucked up a lot of people's <sighs> diet right now.
0: <laughs> I was looking forward to my iron tonight. Damn. Uh, I think <laughs> of supplements. No more blood. The charismatic and sophisticated vampire of the modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by English writer John Polidori. The story was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century. Bram Stoker's 1897 novel The Dracula is remembered as the quic- quic- quintessential I- that word. Yes, vampire novel and provided the basis of the modern vampire legend, even though it was published after John Sher- 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 Sheridan Le <laughs> <laughs> knew. Le Fon, 1872 novel, Carmilla. The success of his book spawned a distinctive vampire genre, still popular in the 21st century with books, films, television shows, and video games. The vampire has since become a dominant figure in the horror genre. So I want to make a point of saying
1: that, um, and I, sorry, it's actually Polidori for the vampire. Um, that is so interesting. That story of how that book came about. So he was actually best friends with and you guys will know this name uh percy shelley and mary shelley mary shelley being the uh, very famous writer of frankenstein and during a writing contest they all decided <coughs> to write short stories and they all had to be horror stories and what came out of that night it's actually in a in a recent movie about mary shelley that i saw um there was a thunderstorm, the power went out, or, like, the power went out, and so that night, they all decided to have a writing contest and write the scariest stories they could think of, and to think out of that night, we got one of the most famous modern fiction stories about not only vampires, but we got Frankenstein. I mean, like, and that's, a that's if people don't know the story behind the writing of Frankenstein, it's incredible. Mary Shelley... Actually, for a while, people didn't take her seriously as a writer because she was such a young woman that original publications of Frankenstein were released under her husband's name because he was more well-known as a prolific writer, Percy was. But now in time, it's so funny how Percy Shelley's name has sort of been lost, but everybody knows who who Mary is. (laughs) Thank you, Everybody Mary. Everybody knows who Mary is, so thank you to her. And I also wanted to mention that even though uh, Lafa News novel was before Dracula, possibly one of the reasons why Carmella or Camellia was not as popular is because it's about a
0: lesbian vampire. So it's a little controversial. You know, I've said things about lesbian vampires, and we'll just... We'll leave it there. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it
1: was uh, just saying it was highly sexualized, and uh, yeah, so that, that could have possibly here, been a little, little, uh, I'm little also over here,
0: like, you know, girls do that once a month. Do vampires? Smell that? So, Are they interestingly like... enough, interestingly
1: <laughs> enough, because um, this so is a real question. For the basis of the podcast, we're going to be referencing Wikipedia because their vampire page has a wealth of knowledge on it. But I have an interesting book that I've owned for years. That um so, I've always loved vampires. I've always been into vampires forever. I mean, Interview with the Vampire and Bram Stoker's Dracula. You know, those are very early books that later movie adaptations. I've always loved. So I have had this book. It's called *Lust for Blood: The Consuming Story of Vampires* by Olga Hoyt, and I have literally had this book for years. I don't even think I know how old this book is. You
0: should look and see its um, copyright. You here. can
1: read it. So it's copy. Well, I. I was born in 1984, so I obviously haven't had it in 19- since 1984. But it was copy written in 1984, and you can tell by reading it that parts of it are a bit outdated. But um, I think that I probably had this book for the better part of maybe 15, 20 years, and I've read it. <clears throat> Uh, front to back, and it is literally every bit of information in the 20th century that you could ever get about vampire lore. This This book is actually how I found out about Elizabeth Bathory. There are three chapters about her in here that are just horrific, what she did to allegedly did to her servants. But um, there's also mention in here about uh, modern day vamp- vampirism that actually started in the form of uh, gangs in these, there was gangs in the seventies and eighties, mostly around California that would run as motorcycle gangs, but they had a lot of vampire overtones. And there's one mentioned in this book that their right of initiation is that they basically have to perform oral sex on a young virgin during menstruation. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. They
0: describe it... uh, Oh, yeah. They describe it... I wasn't planning um, on getting this sexual in this episode. (laughs) They
1: describe it pretty vividly. They call it the... um, they are beginning the ritual that will lead one of them into the Brotherhood of Courage.
0: I'm sorry. In order to get into the Brotherhood of Courage, I have to... That's a badge of Brotherhood. I pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a lesbian. I'll pass.
1: I'm, 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 I'm good on that.
0: You know what? I don't, I don't need that But it's funny, dash. though. Are they like sharks? Do they know? Can they smell that? You know... Hate, Are they like dogs? I like, hate have dogs up,
1: know, lions know. Like, I sharks hate bringing and... up
0: Twilight right now, but come on.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Did he know? Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> so, I, I really want to go back and watch those movies as comedies. Anyway.
0: Um, I just literally have always thought about that. I'm like, you know, as a vampire, do you, when you're, can you? I'm sure. Is would. that a thing?
1: <laughs> I'm sure it <they> would. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. They would know.
0: Anyway so we're gonna go we're moving on from the sexuality thing for a minute here <clears throat> you said it i had to go there i, I no. i'm so help glad it. you did because <laughs> that's actually some information i didn't know i wanted to know yeah there's a <laughs>
1: so if anybody i literally don't know it's like i said it's called lust for blood by olga o-l-g-a hoyt h-o-y-t if anybody can Find a copy of this book for sale. I have no idea. Like I said, I've, I think I got this from Borders Books. I've had this book literally for years, and it's it's incredible. That's um, pretty dope. They it's even got have that information in it. It's got so much information in it, especially, like, we'll get into <clears throat> Elizabeth Bathory a little bit, but if y'all really want to know about Oof, her. You, ooh, that woman. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh,
0: my God. So the
1: Oxford
0: oh Lord <clears throat> The Oxford English Dictionary dates the first appearance of the English word vampire as vampire p y r e in English from 1734 in a travel log entitled Travels of Three English Gentlemen published in the Harleian mm, mis- Miscellany. Thank you.
1: That's <laughs> what I thought it was, but I'm like some words just look so easy and then you go to say it and you're <clears> like <throat>
0: what <laughs> No. In 1745. So from 1734 to 1745, vampires had already been discussed in French and German literature. And then after Austria gained control of Northern Serbia and Oltenia with the Treaty of Passarowitz in 1718, officials noted the local practice of exhuming bodies and quote unquote, killing vampires. These reports prepared between 1725 and 1732 received widespread publicity. The English term was derived possibly via French vampire, P-Y-R-E, from the German vampir, V-A-M-P-I-R, in turn derived in the early 18th century from the Serbian vampir. I'm not even going to say that. I don't know (laughs) how to read Serbian. (laughs) (laughs) The Serbian form has parallels in virtually all Slavic languages. Bulgarian, Macedonian, Bosnian, Croatian, Czech, Slavic, Polish, yada, yada, yada. Ukrainian, Russian. Yeah, guys, it's <clears throat> a, lot. a lot. Um, so the exact etymology is unclear among the proposed pro- Proto-Slavic forms. And I'm not reading that because I can't read that. <laughs> Another less widespread theory is that the Slavic languages have borrowed the word from a Turkic term for which Czech linguish- linguist Václav Máček proposes Slavic verb Vrepit saw stick to thrust into. Okay,
1: that's the literal <laughs> meaning.
0: <laughs> or its hypothetical anagram ver ver parrot saw and check the archaic verb verparrot means to thrust violently. As an etymology etymo- etymological <laughs> guys, this was not my paragraph. Sorry. And thus translates up here as someone who thrusts or bites. ok. So the actual thrusting is is more
1: indicative of the thrusting of teeth, like gashing, biting,
0: because so, I'm over here, like thrusting and biting are two very they're... different verbs.
1: <laughs>
0: and early, but yeah,
1: if we don't, it, it, but it, that is true. To break down English, oh, yeah, English translations from other languages, it could be completely different like we wouldn't our english for thrusting isn't isn't the same as theirs so no. yeah i i i totally get
0: that an early use of the old russian word is in the anti-pagan treaties Word of saint gregory dated variously to the 11th and 13th centuries where pagan worship of a Ep- pyre is reported so it was usually in a lot
1: of early cultures thought that uh like, vampires, witches, and demons all kind of went hand in hand. Like They were all kind of the same thing. Yeah, they were basically all the same thing. Um, to kind of get into a little bit of background of the more folk beliefs, um, I'm going to read uh, some excerpts from this Lust for Blood book really quick. Um, so in the chapter Man, Spirit, or Devil, it says, What is a vampire? Is it a tall gaunt figure with piercing eyes and fang-like mm-hmm. teeth, dressed in evening clothes with a long cape sweeping across its shoulders? Is it a reanimated body of a dead person emerging from the grave to terrorize the populace as it seeks living blood to revitalize itself? Is it a corpse that has been reassembled outside the grave, changed into a creature of blazing red eyes, razor-sharp talons, covered entirely by pale hair of a greenish tint, a beast that sucks the blood and eats flesh of its living victims? Is a vampire a demon, a monster with snarling with a snarling head, the breast of a woman, the scaly body of a winged serpent, which flies around at night attacking children to suck their blood? Or is a vampire a mist that floats through the air, an ectoplasmic mass that can pass through the walls of a house and float through graveyards seeking the life substance, which is blood? <clears throat> or, more prosaically, is a vampire an apparently ordinary human who sinks his or her teeth into a donor's flesh and sucks their blood, an act that produces a sexual explosion of excitement and satisfaction. The vampire has been all these things to people across the world throughout history, although films and TV have popularized a picture of a cape-clad vampire based on Bram Stoker's immortal Count Dracula. In some parts of the world, belief in vampires are real creature, as real creatures actually continues today. So each age and each part of the world has a different view of vampires, but each of them fits more or less in one of these three categories. So this kind of goes back to the beginning when Casper was giving a description of vampires. It's been different throughout centuries in various different cultures (laughs) and countries, and this kind of breaks it down into three three different subsets of what many cultures over centuries have believed vampires to be so the first one is that it's actually astral or ectoplasmic almost like a mass that floats through the air uh, it's luminescent or not perhaps sometimes the vampire leaves bite marks or doesn't uh, the person always who is under the attack of the vampire languishes grows pale from blood loss and often dies so basically it's saying that the es- ectoplasmic or astral vampire is almost like more of a spiritual vampire and doesn't really necessarily drink your blood, but kind of drains you of your life essence, of your soul. So that's kind of where the demonic thing comes into play. So the second one is that it's an undead creature, kind of more similar to what some of us, like what she was saying about the it being bloated and in a shroud and the ruddy color Um, it's a creature that is neither dead or decomposing in a grave where it is supposed to be nor living on the earth as a person this vampire is a corpse it is risen from the grave it is either powered by the devil which is of course a christian concept or it's its own or because of its own past misdeeds or misfortunes. So this is what gave into a lot of cultures that believed that if your family was cursed in some kind of way, like we'll get into this story. And this was actually mentioned in an episode of lore. If you guys have watched that, it's on Amazon prime. There was an, a famous story of a family that was struck with tuberculosis, what they called consumption. And it was believed that a, uh, the one of the daughters was actually coming back as a vampire Um, all the two original family members that died, when they dug them up, the bodies had decomposed. But when they dug her body up, it still looked fresh, bloated, like it hadn't gone through the decomposition process yet. And again, that was another thing that Casper mentioned. This was due... And this happened in a lot of cultures where people just did not understand how a body decomposed. They, they didn't understand the concept of that at all. In this particular story with this family, this girl had been kept in a mausoleum during the freezing winter. So it was almost like her body was preserved in an ice chest. So of course your body isn't going to go through the normal decomposition once you've died over an extended amount of time. It's going to look more fresh and new. This poor girl, they completely desecrated her body. They like, because in their culture, I think they did something like they they cut her open. There's like vital organs they remove and then they they burn them and they mash them up in a paste and they fed them to the... So there was one son left that was sick with the consumption and they made him drink these ashes that of his dead sister. Okay. And of course... He died later because that fucking didn't work because he had goddamn tuberculosis. It wasn't fucking. It didn't vamp, work. Was it a fucking vampire no?
0: Man, I have got if all these only fucking things fucking so knew, wrong.
1: I know, right?
0: All so of these course died. And I've been um, drinking ashes and fucking blood and none of this shit's
1: working. This poor young girl's body was completely desecrated because they thought that the family was under some type of vampire curse and all it was was tuberculosis. So, yeah, it just there's so this version is basically people not understanding what decomposition looks like. And you would dig up a body and you would go, oh, obviously it's a vampire because this and that, and it's like, well, no, the body looks like this because of gases and various different things, but they didn't know that then. Um, so that is one concept, that it wanders around looking for victims to drain them of their blood, yada, yada, yada. The third type is um, actually more going into what we talked about with like people that are in vampire gangs or, or people that... There actually are people that are literal modern-day vampires. They aren't specters. They don't turn into bats. They're not afraid of garlic. They can walk out in the sun. They're actual people, um, but they apparently just drink blood on a transactional basis. Um, They could be a member of a group, a cult, or just a loner. These beings conform to the traditional beliefs of vampires is questionable. Some of them do. Some of them don't but most of them are notable prude cases of vampirism. Um, Some of these people actually believe that they crave blood. They don't necessarily need it to live, but they just actually believe that they crave it, so they need it. Um, uh, In most modern cases, too, it's typically more of an erotic experience. Couples will share each other's blood as some type of sexual... So, it's not like they're vampires they needed to live. It's just kind of more of a need, a want, a fetish, that kind of thing. Um, but getting into parts of the world where uh, a lot of this folklore started, um kind of giving the rundown of what Casper went into with a lot of the Slavic cultures. Um of course, Transylvania, Hungary, Russia, Poland, Turkey, the Sweden, um dutch greek uh yeah several different so even the um egyptians so a lot of these like i said with going into it being believed that it was possibly demonic is um one culture site as ancient scythia uh they believed that um your soul continued to live after your physical body died. So you had to provide uh, comfort and sustenance to your soul so that it wouldn't come back as a vampire. So, and uh, similar things were done in Egyptian cultures too. The Mongols did the same thing. So a lot of those cultures essentially believed that um, vampires were demons and it's because a soul was unsettled. And wasn't at rest, so the soul would actually come back and drain people of their life essence. So that was kind of more of that, like so palpatine. Yeah, he <laughs> was a fucking spoiler vampire. alert. Um, yeah, uh, Australian a- uh, aborigines actually would do a uh, mourner ceremony where they would mutilate themselves, slashing their faces and bodies at funerals to spill blood on the dead. Um, to make sure that they were far better off in their graves, so that they didn't come back seeking sustenance. Uh, later on, to appease the dead spirit, they would start to do blood sacrifices. After that, to give them goats' blood, uh, or cow's blood, to um keep them uh, appropriated after they're dead, so that they don't come back and uh kill kill their families. Yeah, South African tribes, Polynesian tribes, India, um, literally all over the world throughout every culture you can think of, the Aztecs, pre-Christian Rome, um going back as literally into 12th, 13th centuries. So just about every single culture around the world for as far back as you can think has had some type of folk belief in vampires. And it either narrows down to that they were some sort of spectral demons that would come back and drain you, or they were these horrible creatures that would come out of their graves and suck your blood. And, you know, that was more... And I think like in the 15th, 16th, and 17th centuries, when you start getting into like Hungary, uh, Transylvania, Slavic, Balkans, um, a lot of this was around the time with Elizabeth Bathory too. And her whole thing is that she didn't actually drink blood. She would bathe in it. She was told by a witch that the only way that she could remain young was bathing in blood. So she would bathe in the blood of her servants. And she took it even a step further that... She was actually extremely sadomasochistic, it was reported. So she would beat these servants till they were just black and blue, torture them in unbelievable ways you could not even imagine, and then drain their bodies of all of their blood, and she would bathe in it. And that bitch got caught because she couldn't hide the fucking bodies anymore. that's, That's basically what started to happen. They couldn't hide the fucking bodies anymore. I mean, she was, there would be, she would need at least three to four bodies for one bath. So she would go through 20 girls in a week. They just, yeah, it was crazy. And with her, this went on for years. This went on almost, I mean, it went on for, the, the town was terrified of her. Nobody wanted to say anything. She held so much power at the time that she could even override priests and clergy, like, Sounds familiar. She, just, she um <laughs> yeah she just had the power so she could do whatever she, she could literally do whatever she wanted so yeah so it's either it's either that or like I said you have more of these uh modern day vampires where it's people that walk among us just like you and I and it's more of a fetishism thing not so much that they are these otherworldly creatures that they needed to live um they they it's kind of more of a, a sexual overtone to it so but yeah I just think it's really what was really interesting about this book specifically was just finding out how how far back it went that in some we have such our own modern day ideas of what we think vampires are but uh they when you start reading centuries centuries back of what other cultures believed vampires to be it was just basically it sounded like to me it was demons or they literally believed that if a soul wasn't at rest it would come back as a as a vampire but more of like a a spectrum kind of thing
0: i apologize if you just heard me gulp because for some reason i couldn't swallow she had a spectrum Um, (laughs) i was drinking my blood commentators have offered many theories for the origins of vampire beliefs and related mass hysteria everything ranging from premature burial to the early ignorance of the body's decomposition cycle after death has been cited as the cause for the belief in vampires pretty much what you were talking about Yep. this gets really heavy into it and i like i like this so this is the decomposition part and balt Paul Barber, Jesus, got it. Paul Barber, in his book Vampires, Burial, and Death, has described that beliefs in vampires resulted from people of pre industrial societies attempting to explain the natural but to them inexplicable process of death and decomposition. People sometimes suspected vampirism when a cadaver did not look as they thought a normal corpse should look when it's disinterred. Dissent- Rates of decomposition vary depending on temperature and soil composition. Many of the signs are little known. This has led vampire hunters to mistakenly conclude that a dead body had not decomposed at all, or ironically, to interpret signs of decomposition as signs of continued life. Corpses swell as gases from oh yummy. Corpses swell as gases from decomposition accumulate in the torso and the increased pressure forces blood to ooze from the nose and mouth. This causes the body to look plump, well-fed, and ruddy. Changes that are all the more striking if the person was pale or thin in life. In the Arnold Paley case, an old woman's exhumed corpse was judged by her neighbors to look more plump and healthy than she ever looked in her life. The exuding blood gave the impression that the corpse had recently been engaging in vamp- vampiric activity. Darkening of the skin is also caused by decomposition. The staking of a swollen, decomposing body could cause the body to bleed and force the accumulated gases to escape the body. This could produce a groan-like sound when the gases moved past the vocal cords or a sound reminiscent of flatulence when they passed through the anus. (laughs) <laughs> so basically a
1: body a fart. would fart and people would think goddamn vampire.
0: Okay. Oh, they farted a vampire. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear anyone fart now I'm going to be like vampire. vampire. The official reporting on the Petar Blagojevic case speaks of other wild signs which I pass by out of high respect. Yeah, this
1: story just real quick with this guy. This happened in 1725 in Serbia. He was a he was a peasant that was believed to have become a vampire after he died. And that supposedly he killed nine villagers. And a lot of that again had to do was just, just completely <clears throat> mistaken that uh when they went to exhume his body, it looked like fresh blood was coming from his mouth. So they they burned his body and yeah, just again, like the guy said, uh like uh Paul Barber said, it's people just having no idea how uh bodies react after death so and just just fear and hysteria if there's unexplained murders in a town or um i mean how much did we know a lot of these are so reminiscent to witch hysteria you know if a town falls ill if if crops aren't growing if, if just anything that people wouldn't know to explain it to something more modern they're saying it's evil, it's the devil, it's a demon, it's a witch, it's a vampire. I mean, they didn't know, so... It's, it's everything. It's just, it's everything. It's a bird, it's a plane. It's everything that's demonic because they don't know what the fuck it
0: is. Oh, you mean most religions. <laughs> oh, God. Even now? Even oh, now? Oh, God. Even did... now? <laughs> go. My pearls. Um... <laughs> My pearls. My pearls. (laughs) After death, the skin and gums lose fluids and contract, exposing the roots of the hair, nails, and teeth. Even teeth that were concealed in the jaw. This can produce the illusion that the hair, nails, and teeth have grown. At a certain stage, the nails fall off and the skin peels away, as reported in the Blagajewicz case. The dermis and the nail beds emerging underneath were interpreted as, quote-unquote, new skin and new nails. Yeah, so if the skin retracts and the gums retract. It's it's definitely gonna look
1: like your nails are growing and your teeth have grown. If you if you didn't know
0: otherwise, that would be pretty a pretty horrific. By side. that point you're smelly. It, it has also been hypothesized that vampire legends were influenced by individuals being buried alive because of shortcomings and the medical knowledge of the time. And we know this happened a lot. Yeah. In some cases in which people reported sounds emanating from a specific coffin, it was later dug up and fingernail marks were discovered on the inside from the victim trying to escape. In other persons, what? In other cases, the person would hit their heads, nose, or faces, and it would appear they had been, quote-unquote, feeding. A problem with this theory is the question of how many people, presumably buried alive, managed to stay alive for any extended period without food, water, or fresh air. An alternate explanation for noise is the bubbling of escaping gases from natural decomposition of bodies. Another likely cause of disordered tombs is grave robbery. Yep, that too. Folkloric vampirism has been associated with clusters of deaths from unidentifiable or mysterious illnesses, usually within the same family or the same small community. The epidemic illusion... Sorry. The epidemic illusion is obvious in the classical cases of Peter Blagojevic and Arnold Paoli, and even more so in the case of Mercy Brown. Mercy Brown is the girl I was telling you about, where the whole family had
1: tuberculosis, and they dug her body up, and she was the one who's body was just completely desecrated and fed to her brother (laughs) because (laughs) they thought she was a vampire, poor
0: thing. So as with the pneumonic form of the bubonic plague, it was associated with the breakdown of lung tissue, which would cause blood to appear at the lips. In 1985, biochemist David Dolphin proposed a link between the rare blood disorder, what is it, porphyra? Yeah. Yeah prophyria prophyria yeah this this fucking idiot and vampire folklore nothing that the condition is treated by (sighs) intravenous yeah intravenous
1: hame hame yeah that's how it's pronounced you can you can say hemi for he or he hemi for hemoglobin or hame it's just different
0: british enunciations, american enunciations. yeah He suggested that the consumption of large amounts of blood may result in hame being transported somehow across the stomach wall and into the bloodstream. Fucking idiot. (laughs) Thus, vampires were merely sufferers of porphyria seeking to replace hame and alleviate their symptoms. Okay.
1: No. The theory
0: has been rebuffed medically as suggestions that porphyria sufferers crave the hame in human blood or that the consumption of blood might ease the symptoms of porphyria are based on a misunderstanding of the disease. Furthermore, Dolphin was noted to have confused fictional blood-sucking vampires with those of fuck fuck lore. Exactly. <laughs> fuck-lore. He was reading some fuck-lore, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Folklore, many of whom were not noted to drink blood. Similarly, a parallel is made between sensitivity to sunlight by sufferers, yet this was associated with fictional and not folkloric vampires. In any case, Dolphin did not go on to publish his work more widely, for obvious reasons, Despite being dismissed by experts, the Link gained media attention I just read entered this popular modern still,
1: folklore. I just read this guy is still alive.
0: Oh, Lord.
1: And I'm like, dude. Rabies has been linked with vampire folklore. This mm. tripped me out. I mean, I, 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 I can f- totally, I could totally understand why people would think rabies, but this I was makes like, perfect
0: sense. this is, wow. I never heard of it until this. Dr. Juan Gomez Alonso, a neurologist at Zero Hospital in Vigo, Spain, examined this possibility in a report in Neurology. The susceptibility to garlic and light could be due to hypersensitivity, which is a symptom of rabies. The disease can also affect portions of the brain that could lead to disturbance of normal sleep patterns, thus becoming nocturnal, and hypersexuality. Legend once said a man was not rabid if he could look at his own reflection... An allusion to the legend of vampires have no reflection. and wolves and bats, which are often associated with vampires, can be carriers of rabies. The disease can also lead to drive a, to bite others into blood frothing at the mouth. That's really
1: cool to think to think that that would i mean, i could I can very well see the distinction between people thinking that rabies would somehow be connected to. Well, vampirism. it makes perfect
0: sense. Every single one of those things that I read.
1: The way it's, hey, a zombie virus too. I've always thought that was interesting. Like rabies could be linked to so, so many fictional things. But it's really interesting when you actually describe the real symptoms of what happens to you when you have rabies. And I'm like, that kind of sounds like a vampire slash zombie a little, a little bit.
0: Somebody make a vampire zombie movie. Yep. Well, I'd say like, it's like a mutated rabies virus. I guess that would make sense, though, because zombies eat. Crap. So they're already kind of drinking the blood anyway. Damn. Anyway. Good good, good idea, though. Good thought. In 1930, In his, in his 1931 treat, treatise? Got it. Lord, I can't even read that fucking word. On the nightmare, Welsh psychoanalyst Ernest Jones asserted that vampires are symbolic of several unconscious drives and defense mechanisms. Emotions such as love, guilt, and hate fuel the idea of the return of the dead to the grave. Desiring a reunion with loved ones, mourners may project the idea that the recently dead must in return yearn the same. From this arises the belief that folkloric vampires and revenants visit relatives, particularly their spouses, first. In cases where there was unconscious guilt associated with the relationship, the wish for reunion may be subverted by anxiety. This may lead to repression, which Sigmund Fro- Fro- Freud, thank you. I was like, Freud, Fraud, Freed, Freed, had linked with the development of morbid dread. Jones surmised in this case the original wish of a sexual reunion may be drastically changed, desire changed. Desire is replaced by fear, love is replaced by sadism, and the object or loved one is replaced by an unknown entity. The sexual aspect may or may not be present. Some modern cities have proposed a simpler theory. People identify with immortal vampires because by so doing, they overcome or at least temporarily escape from their fear of dying. The That explains a lot, too. Oh, yeah. The innate sexuality of bloodsucking can be seen in its intrinsic connection with cannibalism and a folkloric one with incubus-like behavior. Many legends report various beings draining other fluids from victims as an unconscious association with semen being obvious. Finally, Jones notes that more, when more normal aspects of sexuality are repressed, regressed forms may be expressed, in particular sadism. He felt that oral sadism is integral in vampiric behavior. Oh, your mouth. Your mouth, your teeth,
1: the sucking. Mm-hmm. It's like an oral fixation. Um, Yeah, the incubus-succubus thing, that folklore, because mm-hmm. that in itself is demonic, and they suck your your life essence, your blood, your soul, your bodily fluids, whatever, like anything that would sustain life they suck you dry of so that that makes sense too see like I said it's so interesting how they could take so many Mm -hmm. different different things that you wouldn't think could be associated with vampires but but can be if you if you break down what other cultures believed vampires were not not necessarily the the Dracula that we think of but something entirely different So the reinvention, this is uh, some political interpretations of vampire myths. The reinvention of the vampire myth in the modern era is not without political overtones. The aristocratic Count Dracula from the Bram Stoker novel, alone in his castle apart from a few demented retainers, appearing only at night to feed on his peasantry, is symbolic of the parasitic ancient regime. It's a political social system in the Middle Ages. Having more to do with a hierarchy, um, that's really interesting though to think about because that kind of goes back to uh, what I said about Elizabeth Bathory and and her being this countess. You know, Dracula was a count, so you you have this caste system where if you're seen as more powerful and noble, um, you know, it's kind of you you would you wouldn't feed on people noble like you you would feed on on peasants cuz they don't matter so that's that's interesting too and an entry entitled vampires in the um dictionnaire philosophique from 1746 or I'm sorry 64 1764 Voltaire notices how the mid-18th century coincided with the decline of the folkloric belief in the existence of vampires, but that now they were stock jobbers, brokers, and men of business who sucked the blood of the people in broad daylight. But they were not dead, though corrupted. These true suckers lived not in cemeteries, but in very agreeable palaces. Voltaire was interesting.
0: Voltaire. Hair. I would really like to learn about... Voltaire. (laughs) Y'all, that's from Princess Diaries. I'm wondering if anybody recognized that shit. (laughs) Voltaire (laughs) hair. (laughs) I would really like to learn about Voltaire. That was great.
1: I fucking love that movie. I need to watch it. When uh, when she got her hair
0: different and everyone was making fun of it, Lily... They were talking about her hair, and Lily was like, Voltaire hair. I would really like to learn about Voltaire. If none of you got the reference.
1: And if it's been a while, like it has been for me... Shut up. Need to watch Princess Diaries. Like,
0: You know, you remind so I, me of Shaft
1: or Shaft. Do you know I legitimately probably haven't seen that movie in like 15 years? Like, I'm serious. I, I... I remember a few things here and there. Like that, for some reason, like it was, I don't know why that one, when you did that one, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like,
0: what, why did that scene all of a sudden come back? I don't know. Because that scene was iconic for some reason. Mm-hmm. It was a good scene. It was a great scene. That's just a, that's just a good movie. A, I just need to watch it again. It's, it's just one so, of those I need to put on my list to watch again. According to Anne Hathaway and, and Julianne Julie Andrews, there's a third one happening. Um, and who doesn't fucking love Julie Andrews? That was the first a queen time. is
1: never late. That's the first reason why I saw Everyone it. Everyone else is simply because I grew up with her. So, I mean, Aunt, Anne Hathaway obviously later I loved, but I didn't know I grew know up. Her I grew, I I that, grew so. up with Julie Andrews. I mean. Mary Poppins, like I grew
0: up with her. So it was she I was mean perfect. sound of Music. I knew she her from was... Sound of Music, but Oh yeah, Sound of Music. The hills are the... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I couldn't help it. You say sound of music. It's like everybody does that. I usually am over here like, how do you solve a problem like Maria? <laughs> how do you take a cloud and pin it down? <laughs> i am 16 going, going on 17 <laughs> oh my
1: god this took the biggest turn jesus christ everybody's like they were deep in vampires <laughs> and then it went to princess bride and now it's sound princess of music Diaries. what oh yeah now now i
0: watch princess bride fuck <laughs> anyway sorry guys <laughs> damn Too. I don't really care for that one. Oh, that's it's a little too mm, romancy for me. But wow. I also didn't grow up with it, and I watched it when I was older. Oh so. yeah, yeah. That's 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 one of those you you kind of
1: had to grow up with it. You kind of had to grow up with it. So uh, <laughs> back to vampires. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marx defined capital as dead labor, which vampire-like lives only by sucking living labor, and lives the more the more labor it sucks. So, yeah, that was his uh, reflections on vampires and capitalism, essentially uh, a metaphor for capitalism. Uh, Anybody that's a capitalist was a vampire, apparently. Uh, Werner Herzog, who is actually one of my... This... If he is not one of your favorite directors, like, I, I don't even know, and... Probably more modern day people would recognize Werner Herzog from the Mandalorian, so that's a little little tidbit
0: for you. He was the bad guy. He was the one
1: essentially that was trying to sell Baby Yoda. You know, it's not Baby Yoda, but anyway, we're not even going to get into that. But I was going to say most people around my age probably have no idea who he is. So I just kind of wanted to give somebody a little Mandalorian. So he actually directed in 1979 a uh basically a remake of Nosferatu, but his remake of Nosferatu was a little bit more political than the other um around that timing that was kind of more so of what he was going for. Uh Jonathan Harker's character is Middle class. And then once he becomes a vampire after being turned by Count Dracula, he becomes kind of this bougie capitalist and moves on to the next parasitic class. So there was a lot going on around that time where, in the height of capitalism, because it was considered that you were just sucking the uh, economy dry. That was associated with blood sucking, and then became associated with a vampire. So that's just—it's funny how, in political terms, in cultures, once you get into later centuries, how. Uh, well, you—I mean, it's—it's it's literally a term that some people use now. Like if, if. Uh, uh, what's 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 an example I can use? Like if you're if you know if you're using a cell phone car- carrier that's like. Like man, fucking blood sucking. You know, like people still say that. Like if something is just too expensive or draining you of blood, or the IRS are a bunch of blood suckers. I said it. Uh, like.
0: But was anything? he? Was he a savage? Classy, bougie, ratchet. Probably not. Probably not. Was
1: that? Man? Probably wasn't a second. Sa- mm-hmm. Probably was a savage. You Actually, now, I'm that I'm com- savage. now that I'm coming, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like mm, vampire savage.
0: Yeah, you would definitely be a savage. Count then drag
1: Dracula- Count Dracula was savage. Fo show.
0: My roommate, <laughs> my roommate's like fo show you know, savage. There are two kinds of people. When someone says savage, she said most young people are going to be like, I'm a savage. I mean, and she's like, I'm over here going that
1: fucking song. You
0: think I'm an ignorant savage? <laughs> I guess it must be so There really are two different types, types of people in this world. I mean I'm the I'm the latter, but you know.
1: I'm i neither. I'm I'm just so old. I, I don't I don't care. It just <laughs> everything just keeps recycling itself and I'm like, I don't even know. I'm just sick of that goddamn song. I'm so tired of things. That's because TikTok ran into so the ground. Tired. Um. So, some psychopathology <laughs> regarding vampires. A number. I'm just so sick of that song.
0: I just don't even. Remember. I was laughing because I started thinking about the. So savage, savage. Classy. Okay, now that ration. is hilarious.
1: <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. That was good. That's, that's hysterical. I could listen to that. The other one, I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to shoot myself in, in the face. Same.
0: When it comes on the radio, I'm like, turn. Nope. Nope. And then I'm like, classy boo. <laughs> I have satellite radio, so thank
1: God I don't even have to oh, good. You come have to deal across with that. That, that
0: garbage at all.
1: Um, this is interesting going into some uh, serial killers. A number of murderers have performed seemingly vampiric rituals upon their victims. Serial killers Peter Curtin and Richard Chase. Richard Chase is is an insane fucking case. If you guys have never heard of it, I highly, highly recommend Dan Cummins' Time Suck. He just, I think the second to last episode he just did was all about Richard Chase. It's two hours, his Time Suck episodes are always two hours. And I mean, he deep dives into background history and everything. This guy was extremely mentally ill. His mother was definitely mentally ill. And it is just, it's it's an insane, it's an absolutely insane case. Peter Curtin always used to interest me because the way I found out about him is that uh, before he was executed by guillotine, he asked, will I be able to hear the blood rushing from my neck? Oh, what a delight it would be. He asked that. Like that's how sick this guy was. He actually wanted to know if he would hear the blood rushing from his neck after he was beheaded. That's how I found out about Peter Curtin. So that guy's an interesting one. He was called the Vampire of Dusseldorf. with so that, that guy sounds up. like a kid Disney movie. That was an interesting. <laughs> I was an interesting guy, and Richard Chase was an interesting. Those are two very interesting cases that at some point we will definitely have to do podcast about. But if you guys want to learn more about Richard Chase. Definitely watch that time suck. It's it's a good one. It's a good one, and it he takes a funny turn on stuff. So, um, like when we did our Albert Fish episode, I uh, just watched Ann Cummins do it. It's it's so much better. It's less less vomit inducing. Um, they were called vampires by tabloids, so they weren't essentially vampires, but because. Their crimes included drinking blood and had a lot to do with blood. It just kind of got thrown into media attention surrounding them. Similarly, there was a case in 1932 unsolved in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, nicknamed the Vampire Murder uh, because of the circumstances surrounding the death of the victim. Then, of course, we have our famous uh, story of the late 16th century Hungarian Countess, known as Elizabeth Bathory, that became particularly infamous in the late century works which depicted her bathing in her victim's blood in order to retain their beauty and youth. I'd like to also point out the fact
0: that I think it's really funny that the word Bath is in her last name. Of all things. (laughs) um, So she, if
1: people are familiar with the uh, Iron Maiden, what an Iron Maiden looks like, um, a giant essentially it's just if you google it it's just a giant well be careful when you google it because there's also a band called iron maiden so that's i was a,
0: gonna say they're probably
1: gonna totally get a totally fucking different thing <laughs> um so i would either google elizabeth bathory iron maiden or just iron maiden device and it's just a big iron structure that looks like a woman but it has doors that open up and there's spikes on the inside of it and it's believed that she was kind of one of the earliest procurers of this because it became easier for her to drain blood of her victims. She would just shove them in there, close the doors, the spikes would impale them, the blood would drain uh, below it into like a uh catch like a like a basin word? like a basin, yeah. And uh she would just pour that all over her. Um But it goes way deeper than that. That woman was very much into sadomasochism. She would literally, if she would be on, like, day trips, she would bring a servant with her just to poke her with needles. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. This, that woman was something else. It wasn't just wasn't just bathing in their blood. She did a lot of other fucked up shit. There's been there's been many movies that have like adapted stories of Elizabeth Bathory, but none of them compare to what she actually did. She was she was horrible. She's an interesting story. Um, the lifestyle of vampires is a term contemporary to subculture of people largely within the goth community, who consume the blood of others as a pastime. So again, this kind of goes into what we (coughs) talked about with people that kind of use it more of like a fetishism. They're not like actual, what we, you know, the lore of folklore of vampires. It's also drawn from a rich recent history of popular culture related to cult symbolism, horror films, Fictions by Anne Rice, um, I mentioned earlier, Interview with the Vampire, and Styles of Victorian England. Active vampirism within the vampire subculture includes both blood-related vampirism, commonly referred to as sanguine vampirism, and psychic vampirism, or supposed feeding of pranic energy. I've, I've heard of that one, too. I don't, I don't I don't know if I buy too much into that. Just people sitting there breathing on each other. Just enhancing breathing in their breath. Probably don't do that too much anymore with COVID, because you will be breathing in COVID. You will not be breathing any vampire energy. Well, oh, I say even drinking
0: somebody else's blood right now. Yeah, just, I, like... yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Eh, no. Really? Not a 7 not
1: do... No classy boom. <laughs> That one's allowed. We can, we can allow I hope we all can agree we can allow that one. If y'all don't like that one, then I don't know what to tell you. That one's funny as fuck. Nasty! <laughs> Best part. Although many cultures have stories about them, vampire bats have only recently become integral in the part of traditional vampire Can we lore. talk
0: about how cute bats are? They're
1: adorable as fuck. I mean, I don't like them That's flying at me. Fox, Waverly, but bats, those things are horrifying. Have you seen those? Those giant fucking... So I mean, they're like the size of me. Yeah, they're yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared. Like, I could genuinely see if you saw one of those big ass things that you would think it was a fucking vampire. Like, no joke. They're huge. I would, I would, I would totally believe that. Um, so vampire bats were integrated into vampire lore, uh, after they were discovered on the South American mainland in the 16th century. There are no vampire bats in Europe, but bats and owls have long been associated with supernatural omens, mainly because of their nocturnal habitats, and in modern English heraldic traditions, a bat meant awareness of the powers of darkness and chaos. The three species of vampire bats are all endemic to Latin America. There is no evidence to suggest that they had any old world relatives within human memory. It is therefore impossible that the folkloric vampire represents distorted presentation, or memory of the vampire bat. The bats were nicknamed after the folkloric vampire rather than vice versa. The Oxford English Dictionary records that folkloric use in English from 1734 and the zoological was not until 1774. So literally 40 years later that they adopted the name for the bats because they drink blood. And typically it's more cow's blood. Um, They don't bite humans drink their blood the vampire bat's bite is usually not harmful to a person but the bat has been known to actively feed on humans or has not been known to actively feed on humans and large prey such as cattle
0: now it laser. said it, it oh, has been
1: known now this hasn't happened here though and it's very rare it actually is i know wikipedia says this but other things that i've read is that that is extremely Rare. Typically, those are in cases when they're older bats. Um And again, like we said, bats with rabies. So vampire bats typically with rabies are more likely to attack humans, but typically they feed on cattle. If they're kept in zoos, they're fed cattle blood because that's essential to what they're known to, to drink of. But it is extremely, extremely rare. I mean, if you look up the statistics, it's extremely rare that you would ever find one that would actively feed on a human. Like, it happens, but there's always something else contributing to that. Like, I know we reference Wikipedia, but Wikipedia isn't always right. Um, I've just read otherwise because I wouldn't have. So said it's that. a
0: colon that they only feed on the blood of animals. Basically, yeah. But it's like only eating yeah, tofu. But only... You're never fully satisfied. I've like, seen that movie a lot. <laughs> oh my god.
1: She has. Um, the literary <laughs> Dracula transforms into a bat several times in the novel. And vampire bats themselves are mentioned twice in it. Somebody about to put me in horror
0: movie jail. They're like, this bitch can't be in the horror community. This bitch cannot. Y'all, no, she can. I she, went through a phase. When it came out, I was... Let's see, what, what 2004? Uh, yeah. Is that when the first one Prob- came out? I think so. I was 11. Yeah. Listen, I was easily influenced. And from like 13 to 15, I had my face. Just saying. I.
1: I honest to god did not realize that you were that young when the first movie came out. I it didn't. Was it actually two thousand? Well, that's what I'm trying to look because I, guys, I have I have no, I <laughs> these fucking movies. I swear to god, two thousand five, two thousand five. Okay, so I was I was literally out. twelve. I was, was a preteen.
0: 12.
1: Yeah, I was a preteen. I was in my first marriage. I got divorced three years later. Can y'all see why I didn't give a fuck about some Twilight movies? This is this is That's where, where that, the age gap This is shows. where that age thing comes in huge. Cause if I twelve year old Sophia probably would have fucking loved Twilight. Like I'm not even gonna lie. If I look back on my twelve year old self and that fucking movie would have come out, oh my god, I'd have been I'd have been all on it. I'd have been all on it. I was fucking twelve. You were twenty. Twenty-something-year-old Sophia, just trying to get by and pay rent. In my first marriage, I give a fuck about Twilight. (laughs) I saw that first movie and I was like, "The fuck, (laughs) this bitch can't act." What is this dialogue?
0: Right? Why
1: are they all so sad? (laughs) Why is he sparkling? This is Why terrible. did the
0: entire movie have a blue hue? Yeah,
1: that... No. <laughs> Her dad, I don't even know. Um, That whole movie... The first time I saw that whole movie, I was like, what in God's name is this? <laughs>
0: and of course, I, me, who actually read all the books, even though I skipped the Jacob part in the last one, I watched the first movie and I'm like, Bella's kind of hot. She can't act, though. Mm-mm. And that movie was actually terrible. New Moon comes out. Bella's still hot. Acting's getting slightly better. Movie's still terrible. Eclipse was awful. <laughs> it just no. Uh, Breaking Dawn Part One oh. comes out. I'm like, okay. Bella's even hotter. Also, I'm getting older. And I'm like, okay. True. Acting's getting better, breaking down part two. I was like, I want to fuck Bella at this
1: point. Okay, so, so when did she have the baby? Because at the we, end whatever, of one. whatever that one, one was. Okay, so then I, I did go back later and watch that one. At the and very a, end
0: of part one, she has the baby, she's dying. He bites her arm to get his venom in her right. to get her alive. Right. And at the right. very, very, very right. end of the movie, her body like fixes itself and she opens her eyes in the movie. Right. Ends. Okay. Yeah. That, that, okay. That wasn't. And Bark- Breaking died. Dawn Part Two, listen, that movie, I still stand by that movie. I love it I thought so we much. I we weren't going to go so, into a twilight. Anyway. That was just my phase. <laughs> I had to go into my phase. I went into Twilight phase. It happened. Anyway, go on. Like I said,
1: that's just when <laughs> when we this is literally probably Twilight is the biggest thing between us where we're just where I am absolutely fucking not.
0: The and, only reason for but me, now it's looks, nostalgic. But Like for I told me, you,
1: it, it, i didn't for some reason now it literally didn't dawn on me <laughs> how young that you were like now knowing I was like holy shit she was 12 when the <laughs> first movie came out like oh my okay I I got it got it got it I totally it literally it dawned on you I totally get it now well because like I said 12 year old me I know oh my god get out of here I'd have read the fucking books I'd have had the, the shirt I'd have had all the fucking movies I know 12 year
0: old me would have loved those movies <clears> but no and the only reason I even still watch them today is because of nostalgic. They're so, nostalgic. Honestly, I've
1: met enough other people that are like, no, with those movies, but have since gone back and like laughed at how mm-hmm. funny they are. So I'm actually kind of wanting to do that because so many people parody them and make fun of them now. And those are the, fu- oh my God. Those are the best goddamn videos. And it's also really interesting to see how full circle Kristen Stewart and Robert Patterson Pattinson's acting has gotten like also thinking too that was 15 years ago that first movie came out so if their acting hadn't changed in 15 years I mean they Come were both kids bit.
0: too they were when they, were, they, they yeah. were kids so it's a lot
1: to take in and I think that movie just hit that movie hit the right demographic mm-hmm. uh if you were like me by the time the age I was, and and like I had this book at the time, like I was really into vampires, like vampire lore, vampire fiction, interview with the vampire, Dracula, I I feel like is one of the greatest works of all time. That right. was all the ref blade, blade. That was all my reference points. So you guys want to hear for, something really cool, though? For vampires. But, yeah, by the time I got to Twilight, I was like, what is happening? So
0: Twilight was my introduction to vampires. And then I saw Blade. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a fuck about Twilight anymore. Um, the only <laughs> true daywalker. I didn't give a fuck. After I saw Blade, I saw Interview with a Vampire. Oh, that movie. And that's still probably, to this day, just about in my top vampire movies, is Interview with a Vampire. It's so, it's so incredible. Besides Lost Boys. I mean, I've I, I oh, watched Lost, Lost Boys, Boys too. Um, Lost Boys. <laughs> oh! Lost Boys. So, after I actually Love that watched what so real much. vampires were in horror, I was like, what the Whoa. fuck? See? <laughs> we're like... <laughs> And now what? I watch Twilight movies as comedies and nostalgic reasons. And honestly, like, it, it's different. They feel different because it's, I'm like, this is bullshit. This is not, this is like a 12-year-old's love of a vampire, it, like.
1: It hit a demographic that it needed to hit. This was for, Twilight was for preteen girls. Yep. Uh, It 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 hit the market just at the right time so i i totally get it from a marketing standpoint from a money making standpoint it it literally was like lightning in a bottle it hit just at the right time and it had these young up-and-coming actors in it that not many people had known of or they'd only done a few things here and there i mean if you look back now It's crazy how many people were a part of that that have gone on to have such lucrative careers. Well,
0: Esme, what's her real name? Oh, shit. She's in, like, everything Mike Flanagan does. The little girl, yeah. No, not the the little girl, girl, the The mom. mom. Oh, the mom. She played the, she's One of the
1: sisters in the
0: Haunting Hill House. And she's in Ouija, Origin of Evil. She's the mom. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: She's a mom in Ouija, yeah. I can't remember her name, but she's, she's, uh, she's actually gone and done a lot of, she's in a lot, I think her and Mike Flanagan, like, worked together quite a bit, it seems. Kellen Lutz yeah, Uh, to do a bunch of different things. Cam Giganda, Gigandit, whatever the fuck his last name is. Yeah. It looks like Gigandit, but I know it's not Gigandit. Right. Um, oh, (laughs) she totally forgot she was in it, in the Kendrick. I always forget. Anna Kendrick tweeted that one day. Did like, you see that? Oh my God. I was in Twilight. I I laughed so hard because I was like, I forgot she was in it too. I literally completely forgot I mean, that y'all, she was She in is it. like in it, in it. And you're like- Maggie Grace was in it. Yep. The little girl that played Renesame is in The Conjuring. Yeah. Oh, Renesame is
1: her name. Okay. Renesame the... is in
0: The Conjuring. Um- homegirl from The Walking Dead that
1: played uh, Rosita. That still fucks she me up. She was, uh,
0: yeah. She, she was oh, one of her friends.
1: literally she looks completely different. She's like, they've got her as like this nerdy little mousy girl with fucking glasses, and by the time she's on The Walking Dead, she's in like booty shorts, <laughs> and titties hanging out, and butt naked with Abraham. She's kind of Eugene hot, creeping. She hot as fuck. And she's playing <laughs> Selena and y'all... For it, when I saw the fuck, I was like, "Yo, get it, girl, cheat, Selena." I'm waiting. Like I, I'm so fucking happy. <laughs>
0: Battle scars. <laughs> Everybody, th- I don't remember what was his name. Jeff, ja- Jasper. Yep. Everybody hitting on Jasper. They're like Edward. Who? <laughs> The girl who played Alice was hot. Ashley Green. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. Fucking the dad. Peter. Fascinelli. Him. I. He's a good villain.
0: He was in Countdown as the villain.
1: I will forever remember him from Can't Hardly Wait. I'm so terrible. I'm like, you will always be Mr. Cullen. Look, I, (laughs) again, the age thing, uh, he will always, that
0: movie was like, a quintessential teen movie. And of course, Taylor Lautner to me was always Shark Boy. He will always be Shark Boy God. to me. Do you remember Shark Boy Lautner? That's a Girl? that was
1: a weird one.
0: He's this adorable little kid
1: and then all of a sudden it's like abs, what?
0: The guy who played his dad, the Indian, the or the Native American who played his dad was in Last of the Mohicans. I think he was. He's actually Maori though, I think. I don't is he? think he's
1: Indian. I think he's Maori. Oh, that's my fault. So
0: but he mean, looks, they, they can cast yeah.
1: it's very similar features. So they'll cast I think he him.
0: was in Last of the Mohicans, if I'm not mistaken. Such A great fucking Fucking A, that movie. movie's amazing. Also, the guy that plays her dad is in a lot of stuff. Her, too. Oh my god, yes. He's in a lot of stuff too.
1: So, again, like I said, you have this star-studded cast of well-knowns and up-and-coming actors that's set to a pre-teen audience. It, that movie was literally lightning in a bottle. They knew what they were doing. The merchandising, the
0: fucking... I mean, come on. And then that died out and Hunger Games came out. And so much better! Anyway. Way <laughs> better. So And all of those people are still doing movies. Oh, my God. It's so good.
1: So, guys, getting into some uh, vampire movies and TV shows that have been popular over the years, we're we're going to go through just a, a few. because
0: <laughs> There's only been so
1: 157,000
0: billion. Many.
1: Um, there was a really popular show that was on in the 70s, I believe it was. I think it was during the 70s. Yeah, during the 70s. I was going to say 80s. It was actually during the 70s. It was called Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a vampire named Barnabas that comes to live with a modern-day family. It was remade into a movie in 2012 that starred Johnny Depp. Um, we could go into... Oh, Fright Night. Fright Night in 1985. I know they remade it with Colin Farrell, whatever. But, um, the remake is It was bullshit. okay. I, I mean, R.I.P. Anti-Yelchin, <laughs> I fucking love you, but I'm sorry. The original Fright Night is... That's one of those where... Um, the original was better. Um, Thirty Days of Night. That's I don't know why I always
0: forget about this film. That it's so good. The
1: Rogan talked about that a few weeks ago, like randomly out of nowhere, where he's where I he was talking about like week? it. He he basically said that like people forget about it because it's so fucking underrated. It's Mm -hmm. like people just forgot it even exists. It is an incredibly underrated. It is. It's incredible. It scared the shit out of me. It scared me too. I mean, to take a concept of knowing that parts of Alaska are just completely covered in darkness and for six months. Flipping that with vampires, and the vampires were. Fucking terrifying
0: looking. Yeah, they too. were. Oh, um, my Lord. Jesus. Yeah, that
1: was. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is definitely one of those films that people forget all about. Um, And then, if, of course, if we want to get into some well-known franchises, Underworld, I mean. Of course. Kate Beckinsale. Look, I, I know those movies didn't get great, but fuck y'all. Kate Beckinsale. Anyway.
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean.
1: I'm going to get hate for
0: some of them movies later on, but bitch, Kate Beckinsale all I'm gonna say. I mean, like we said before, The Lost Boys. Oh my God, The Lost Boys. Oh my God, can we that talk about- soundtrack, That soundtrack, that movie was just nostalgic for so many
1: reasons. The soundtrack was incredible. The clothes were amazing. That That was one of those movies where like, it made vampires rock stars. Like, you actually wanted to hang out with those guys. They had the fucking hair. They had the leather jackets. They had the badass motorcycles. Like, those were, those guys were, were, those would be the guys you would want to fucking hang out with. Like, they were totally badass. And then the flip at the end of The Lost Boys, that it's yeah. like, it's the, the mom's boyfriend who they think is just like this, like, normal, nerdy fucking guy. And you're like, the fuck? Like, he's, and it had the Corys in it. The Corys. I love The Lost Boys. Salem's Lot is incredible. Um, I think we're forgetting one massive show. Another one. Oh. Buffy. Buffy. Buffy! So the movie is nostalgic for me. I did really the movie is a fun watch. RIP Luke Perry. Oh, let's not talk about it. Um, if you love Luke Perry, if you have not seen the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer, please do. It's cheesy, it's funny, I love it. It P. is pretty good. Kiwi Herman's in it. Um, Paul. It, A.K.A. Paul Rubens, he plays a man. It's just so great. It's it so good. It is good. And the show was incredible. So of course, the show wasn't goofy and hokey like the movie, but the show was. The show was everything incredible. I loved the show. Absolutely loved it. Um, another popular vampire show, and I'll mention it because I did get into it in the beginning, but the last couple seasons. Uh, True Blood only because I know we're probably going to have some fans out there that did watch it if you were into vampires. And uh, I did get to meet Dennis O'Hare. So. Um, um, and, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, and that amazing. Was, that was my first introduction. I know Minnie uh, was American Horror Story, but my first introduction to Dennis O'Hare was True Blood and then later American Horror Story. And I absolutely love that man. So True Blood holds a special place in my heart for him. Um, so oh my God! Can we talk about the little vampire? We had some on great Disney vampires, and I just want to say real quick, they had some fucking sexy ass vampires in True Blood, and half of them was butt naked, and Alexander scarred his penis. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, we'll move on to Disney.
0: Uh, <laughs> you literally were like penis. So Disney.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my God! I'm sorry. Just. Him, that was fucking hilarious. Fuck him
1: and uh, Loki help Tom Hiddleston. I got Clint thinking penis. Uh, Alexander Skarsgard and Tom Hiddleston. I don't usually get feclement verk- talking about penises, so you're good. <laughs> but like those two, their body type types are very similar. They're they're just tall, gorgeous. Alexander's a little
0: bit more buff. than He's Mikey, taller. Though.
1: He's taller. He's definitely taller.
0: No, no, yeah, he's taller. But he's just and don't you step on my man a tom viking, Hiddleston is the only man in he's my a life. viking god and <laughs> except for cody fern because i'm still confused about that their
1: bodies are just similar and like the scene in crimson peak with tom hiddleston mm-hmm. was like very similar mm-hmm. to a scene i remembered in true blood and it's kind of one of those things, because people hated Eric's character, for, and I admittedly fucking hated Eric's character so much. And then he kind of grows on you, and you're like, mm, okay. And then, um, he's hot. So, anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I got so distracted. I
0: really wish they wouldn't have casted Jessica Chastain as Tom Hiddleston's sister in that film, in Crimson Peak. That place. fucked
1: me up so bad because they were they were extremely hot together and i was like i know they're supposed to be brother and sister in this but i'm really turned on (laughs) like i'm sorry i mean i know that says a lot about me but they're not brother and sister in real life so fuck y'all like this is hot (laughs) like i'm sorry Uh, i did i don't care what anybody says and i know some of y'all did too don't act like i wasn't the only
0: one that was like okay bitch i'm sitting right here like, like i know Tom Hiddleston is my man and Jessica Chastain is a, oh just, don't get mm. me started on that, her. Okay. So um, The
1: Little Vampire. Things, things got hot. I'm sorry. I went from like Alexander Skargard to Tom Hiddleston and then you brought up Jessica Chastain and now I'm just like it's
0: getting hot. Um <laughs> Disney. Um The Little Vampire. <laughs> Disney. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Oh my god. I love those movies though. There have been, oh, God, guys,
1: I can't, I have to talk about Vampire in Brooklyn. I Again, you want to talk about an underrated movie. First of all, Black Vampire. It's Eddie Murphy. Angela Bassett stole the show in this movie. <laughs> and, guys, Wes Craven directed it. Can like we... if you haven't seen Vampire in Brooklyn, you need to get it together. That movie is fucking incredible.
0: Can we it's talk amazing. about how hot Angela Bassett is? Too.
1: Uh, y'all need to see her in that movie because she was hot.
0: As fuck. y'all listen. A uh, vampire Angela Bassett. Y'all listen. By my neck. And then Girl. one more I definitely want to bring, or two more actually, is Let the Right One In and Let Me In. Uh I love both of those films. Same. Chloe Grace Moritz hurts Same. my feelings. <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, guys, there's
1: there have been um special mention, of course, goes to From Dust Till Dawn. Oh yes. And uh John Carpenter's Vampires, guys, that that movie there's so it's many Asian vampire Gen. movies it's, queen of the damned was ugh. amazing like i gotta give it up to queen of the damned like alia r.i.p like
0: that movie you want to hear incredible. a really funny story about that movie so when i was younger i had never heard of that movie because i was younger and you know no and a friend of mine at school was like there's a movie that i saw last night and it was had a bad word in the title And I was like, a bad word? What bad word? And he was like, damn. It was called Queen of the Damned. And I was like, oh, okay. I remember that conversation so vividly, and I don't know why. I was in elementary school. That's so funny. So every time I think of Queen of the Damned, I'm like, (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Oh! really quickly
1: um I did want to mention one because I think I told you about it because it was on shutter and I don't know if it's still on shutter and it actually didn't it came out in 2015 that's called transfiguration oh yeah the one that I was telling you about um it was actually under uh I don't know what I'm could Not sure what that up. category just, just is on Shutter, it but be creature it's creature No, it wasn't creature features. It was actually the one because it's centered around a black character in the ghetto. And this kid, uh, he lives with his brother. There's all kinds of gang violence around him. And everybody thinks he's really weird because he is obsessed with vampire movies and writing about vampires. So it's actually under, I think, the category where you have like black horror specifically. Where um the Horror Noir I documentary that, is think, yeah. is where it is. So it's it's definitely not your run of the mill vampire movie. And I specifically liked the fact that it was centered uh in a bad neighborhood, this young black kid. It just It was just so different from anything else I had ever seen before. And I I think if people are into vampire movies and kind of more of a modern retelling of vampire movies, uh, Transfiguration, I highly recommend. It's it's very different. Um, And a big, kind of a big shock ending, too. Uh, And they, it's kind of funny because he meets this girl. There's references to Twilight. He meets this girl that... and she's like, you should really watch Twilight. And he's like, no, I like realistic vampire movies. And then he actually ends up watching it. He leaves her a note later on where he goes, I watched Twilight. It was terrible or something <laughs> like not realistic at all. And I just, I just I loved, think you could outrun me. I loved that. I just, I kind of loved how they sort of uh, made fun of Twilight and kind of had to poke that in this movie. Um, But I highly recommend it. Shudder's got some just incredible movies on it. And that one is just a complete out-of-box vampire movie. Definitely not what I expected, but I enjoyed it.
0: There's also a new vampire movie on Shudder called The Shed. I don't recommend it. Oh, thank you. Um, appreciate it. It is, there's some not so great ones out there too. Guys. But <laughs> there's other people. Here's the thing. I feel like the shed is opinion based because I've seen a lot of people that really liked it. I thought it was incredibly slow. I thought it was very boring in parts. I didn't get into it until the last 10. I was into it in the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes, all the in between. I was like, I'm so fucking bored. Also, um, the vampire was a zombie. Like, he bit the neck, but he ripped off skin and ate it. And I'm like, zombies, or uh, vampires don't do that. Zombies do that. So I was like, you've, this is not a vampire movie. This is a vampire slash zombie movie. More of a zombie movie. And... Because vampires are undead,
1: essentially, so... I mean,
0: he was bitten by a vampire... Oh. and what he was okay. bitten by looked like a vampire, but right. he acted like a zombie. It was okay. so weird. I did Ooh. not like it at all. I, I know I gave it a five, mm. out of mm. which is like very I'm... meh. Um, cause in the first 10 minutes it had me, I was like, this is cool. I like this. This is very cool. And then it got boring as fuck. And yeah. I'm like, I can't. And then I've seen other people who were like, I thought it was great. I thought, you know, it was very funny. It was, and it was, it was funny. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but it just, it lost my attention.
1: That happens. I
0: feel like that movie is very opinion based. If you want to try it, by all means, of course, watch it. I'm just, in my opinion, I did not like it at all. That happens. Thank you for that, though,
1: because you're welcome. I won't, because you know I'll come across it. I've seen it being a vampire movie, and I'll be like, hey, and you're like, mm mm. Don't
0: do it. I've been watching a lot of new stuff on Shudder, yeah. and that's one I, that I was, after, out of like ten movies I've seen recently, that's the one I didn't like.
1: Well, I'm glad we could give, uh, that's a, I think that's a good ending. I, guess, I think that's a good place for us to end. I'm glad we could give you guys a good suggestion on a good Shudder <laughs> Vampire movie, and a bad suggestion, don't watch this, or maybe you might like it, <laughs> Shudder Vampire movie. Yes.
0: <laughs> that was
1: actually a great place to end it on. Hold up. Bliss. I need to talk about Bliss for a hot
0: second. Okay. Bliss is on Shudder. I have to pee, so you have five minutes. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Bliss <laughs> is on Shudder, and Bliss kidding. is actually a vampire movie, and holy fuck. Holy fuck. Warning. Warning. Trigger warning. And epilepsy warning. Uh, this film has a lot of flashing lights, and it actually gives you an epilepsy warning at the you know, beginning of the film. I just watched
1: the trailer for it.
0: And uh, there's a lot of that in the trailer, too. Yeah. So, yeah. so just just be wary of the, the epilepsy warning. Also, tr- trigger warning. It deals very, 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 very heavily with drug abuse. You
1: know what, though? Uh, even in the trailer, though, guys, uh, it obviously shows that you think a lot of this is drug-induced, and it shows a bit of it uh, in the trailer itself. But even from the trailer, you, you pick up pretty quickly that this is a vampire movie. I mean, it's it's really not that... If you've seen other vampire movies, it's not really that hard to figure out. But uh, after watching the trailer and what Casper had told me, I was like, anything that takes the modern day story of a vampire but puts its own twist on it, I am all fucking for. Because we've all... Guys, we've all seen it. I mean, if you love vampires like I do... We've seen so many different vampire movies and vampire shows, but a lot of them get very redundant. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you got the crucifix, you got the garlic, you got the holy water, you got, you know, yada, 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 yada. And it just becomes a bit redundant. So movies like Bliss and Transfiguration are essentially vampire movies, but not any at all of what we've Become accustomed to knowing. So let's see more of that. I love fucking vampire movies. I would. I. I have no problem with more and more and more vampire movies coming out. But
0: do it like
1: these movies have.
0: I was make it something different. Like I was so shook by that movie. Yeah, I literally give it an eight point five. Like I, it's holy shit. I was just blown away by that film. It was. Everyone needs to watch that. There's a lot
1: of really great movies out there that can take a a modern day folklore and put their own twist on it to have uh, a deeper deeper meaning or hidden meaning or contextual meaning. Um, Ginger Snaps is a great example. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a werewolf film, but it's not. So that was one of those where, yeah, you know, Okay, we've all seen werewolf films, but this is kind of more about puberty and women coming of age and menstruation and all those things. So all those crazy changes that your body goes through anyway, but you're also turning into a werewolf. So that, Thankful that, that didn't I liked. That I liked. So that that's essentially the same thing. Like, it's the same story we all know. Just in a different context, and exactly. I want to see more of that.
0: I can't wait to get your opinion on. I want to see more of
1: that. So yeah, that was actually that was even better. I'm so glad you mentioned. I completely that I forgot about it, totally and I was like, totally forgotten
0: about it. Bliss is a vampire movie, and oh my god, it's amazing. So guys, Shutter,
1: Homework, <laughs> Transfiguration, and Bliss. If you like vampire movies, but you want
0: something different, you got I'm so. Careful, epilepsy.
1: Yeah, if you have epilepsy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I am
0: really. We're telling giving you guys you a warning, this and they give you. Because it was tripping me out, and I don't and have the trailer, epilepsy. The trailer gives you a warning. <laughs> I thought I was losing my mind at one part. I was like, "Oh my god, my eyes!" I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah i uh,
1: I don't, but that stuff still kind of I I get migraines, mm-hmm. so. uh... I'm very triggered by strobe light. So we've, we've given all the warnings we can yes. out there to anyone that has migraines or seizures or yeah, just be, be forewarned, but, uh, hopefully you enjoy it and don't have a seizure.
0: So, so next that would week, be that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> next week. <laughs> we're doing, um, another movie episode all about the insidious series. Yeah. Super excited, super excited to do insidious. I know everyone's like, when are you gonna fucking do nightmare? We're gonna do the nightmare series, do not worry. Uh, but we are going to do the insidious series next week, and I'm one looking very forward to four
1: it. Every single one of them. All of them. So it'll be interesting to get uh people's opinions on that. Because I know there's varying. Um it started off strong and then
0: ooh, and sometimes that happens. <laughs> I thought the second one was the best, but um, so we're going to talk about Insidious next week. And now, guys, a word from our small here. Calm your bunny down. Pumpkin spice latte. That I really, meant bath bombs, not I lattes. I mean. I mean, you can put pumpkin spice latte in your bath, but that's weird. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> It'd be very sticky. That's, like, literally all they like i would stick to my tub please don't do that
1: <laughs> um guys there's a lot going on with the shop if you haven't been on the instagram or checked out etsy uh so we have the um tattoo wax if anybody hasn't checked that out yet um also guys if you read the ingredients you don't necessarily have tattoos to get it it works great on dry skin um hopefully at some point fall will get here. So, uh, dry skin is a coming, but I don't care cause want fucking fall to get here. So, uh, I think we all do. You can order the tattoo wax, even if you don't have tattoos, but this specifically for it's great on old ones. It's great on new ones. It's all natural. Um, we've got that going on. Uh, we've still got our regular bath bombs and our body creams are still there. Uh, we've got some new stuff. We've got the pumpkin spice bath bombs, of course, um, and, uh, what's another thing? Oh, I'm going to now start selling variety packs. That was actually a question that was brought up to me by a customer. So, uh, normally the bath Bombs are five. If you guys order a three pack, you'll get three for 12. So you can mix match colors of just the original regular bath Bombs. So you could have three purple ones, three blue ones, mix and match colors if you want. Or if you would like an assort assortment assortment, could not get that word out. Would you like an assortment? Would you like them? of the uh, kind of popular scents, the uh, rose water ones, the oatmeal honey, and the uh, pumpkin spice. You can get a three pack of uh, each individual one or you can get three pumpkin or three rose water uh, just at a little bit of a cheaper price. So um, we're going to try this idea out, see how it goes. Like I said, it was a given on the suggestion of a customer so that if people want to buy uh, multiples and save a bit. uh, So it'll be three, four, twelve. It's A little bit of a savings there. Um, That should be up on the, it's actually, uh, it'll be up by tomorrow. If you guys are listening to this tonight. Um, yeah. So there's some other stuff coming. Um, I will be posting soon. If you guys would like these skull bath bombs to come back for Halloween. I had those last year. If, uh, you guys weren't aware. Um, so I'll put up a poll to see if people want those back. Uh, I kind of brought those out later in the year. So if, Those are something people are wanting. I will kind of start uh, busting those out in probably the next week or so, but I'll have a poll up uh, pretty soon on that. Um, Otherwise, yeah, guys, the Instagram is at seeyourbd. Etsy. uh, Now there's, I did find some confusion with Etsy that I just wanted to bring up in case anybody has come across this. So if, It's really easier to just click the link from the Instagram page or the website. If you are on the app on your phone and you type in calm your body down, the shop will come right up. But for some reason, if you're on your computer, desktop, laptop, and you just go to Etsy.com and go to the shop, if you try to search "calm your body down," it won't come up. You have to actually search "see your BD, B as a boy, D" void for uh, the actual products and the shop. So I just wanted to preface that I had no idea if that was an issue until recently. My app wasn't working. I had to get on my computer, couldn't find it, realized what happened. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody has had trouble with that. Uh, but to avoid that altogether. Just click the link in in, in the Instagram page or on the website, calmyourbodydown.com. It's just so much easier to get to it from there. So I just wanted to make sure I brought that up to everybody because if that's caused confusion, just click the link. It's so much easier. So thank you.
0: Calm your body down. Pumpkin spice bath. So, guys, I uh, wanted to give you an update on something I've been doing on the Twitter page. Uh, I've been doing polls for on Tuesdays to see a movie that you would like to be reviewed on Thursdays. Now, the movie review will be posted on all platforms. But if you want right. to vote for what movie you want, I literally will just come up with four random movies and uh, have you guys vote on what you wanted. This week uh last week was The Grudge which won pretty much by a landslide that was a great pick and uh, uh this yeah. week is The Invisible Man which actually almost got beat out by host. I saw you guys in there. Um Becky has not seen The Invisible Man I have. And I can't wait to review this tomorrow because holy fuck I love this movie. So I have
1: a day off tomorrow. So I might actually watch it. So uh I well I mean I I, I don't have a day off. I'm just I'm just taking one, possibly.
0: <laughs> so I have a day off tomorrow. Well, guys, look, I'm I literally one. am a
1: renaissance woman. I have like fifty million different things that I do, so I really don't like have days off technically. But if I just want a day where I'm like, "Fuck you," I'm gonna just snuggle on the couch and watch horror movies all day. Um, sometimes I do that, the and man. I don't mean to rub it in, but. <laughs> Rub it in, rub it in. Took a long time for me to get this for this privilege, um, so I might do that. Um, honestly, guys, and I won't get like too deep into it. Uh... I am a domestic violence and rape survivor. Um, I've had a lot of trauma from that over the years, Um, but I have been in therapy the last year. I'm an amazing, amazing therapist. Um, So things for me have gotten a lot better. My mental health is way better than it's ever been in my whole life. And I admittedly took some time to watch Invisible Man because I was very scared of how triggering the movie is it, going to be for me.
0: But the um, ending.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> so, if any of you have seen it, from what I know about it and from what I've seen from the trailer, I have an ex that I'm pretty sure would probably have done something like this to me uh yeah that bad um so it took a while for me and i'm sure that anyone else out there that has gone through the same thing which i'm sure many of you have and not just women men can be domestic violence and rape survivors as well if you have and you live with that trauma some movies and tv shows are just very 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 difficult to watch but like i said i am i have my mental health is just exponentially better than it's ever been i have an amazing therapist and uh i think that i should be in a good mindset now to watch it so i'm excited i've heard the ending is great oh, the um I'm so excited to watch it. So I might actually do that tomorrow. Like, just say, fuck it. I'm going to sit around and watch horror movies.
0: Host host, <laughs> almost beat it. It was pretty close. I am close. shocked. I'm but, shocked, um, guys. Now you guys have really, because I'm a host to me, guys. Woo! That movie. But you guys, like, for real, what you need to do is go on our Twitter page and follow us. Yeah, please do. So that. every single Tuesday, you see, you can vote. You can vote for what movie you want, um, you want reviewed. And honestly, I'll probably put movies that I've put before, too, because The Hunt I put last week, and I want to review that one, because I fucking love that one, Um, but yeah, tomorrow, look for a review on The Invisible Man, obviously the new one, um, and then if you want to give us a follow on all social medias, of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Don't Fuck With the Original. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, you can email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And if you would like to give us a follow, uh, please follow and subscribe on Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes, even if you just put five stars, it helps. Um, or four stars, you know, whatever you're feeling. Um, we, got really a, we got a we got a one star rating, which I laughed at because Yay. because no one wrote anything. They just put one star, and I was one like, okay. One star is done. Uh, <laughs> I was like, look, we're a star. You know um,
1: what? It it's 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 always I feel like you haven't made it till you get your first troll or your first one star or your first thumbs we down. We got our your first, first negative whatever. review
0: actually a few months ago. Like it's
1: it's it's, it's but... so funny to me. Those are those are the best. You you truly haven't made it until you got some haters. But you know, Everything is a matter of opinion. Yep. Not everybody is going to like you and like what you do personally or professionally. And that's okay. And that's totally fine. That's but fine. But for the ones out there that do love us, we thank We you love you too. Why we do this. We love you too. And I'm just so glad we're
0: on more platforms so we can start spreading more spoopy cheer.
1: And I'm really and... enjoying
0: doing these polls because I feel like it gets you guys more engaged. And mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing other things with the page too, but right now we're just starting with the polls and kind of seeing where that goes and how well it does and it seems like we get a lot of votes on them so i'm really glad i hope you guys enjoy the that so far even though this is just week 2 so okay guys come back next week watch all the insidious movies prepare, prepare. please don't suck any blood wear a fucking
1: mask and we love you thanks